The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm on the Boulevard Périphérique, which is the ring road which goes around Paris and just landed in Paris. I was in Madrid for the Ajax Madrid game on Tuesday night. One of the best performances I've ever seen. Ajax are not my team, but my God, they took my breath away. I've not seen a replay. I just got those memories in my head of how good that team were going forward. Young boys, I think six of them are 22 and under, 19-year-old captain. It excited me. It really did. It took my breath away how good Ajax were. And I'm surprised in myself because I watch Barca a lot and I don't really feel anything for them, even though I know they're often brilliant. And now it's the the real business, Manchester United, the team of the heart uh, in Paris for only the second time in the club's history. The first time was November 2005, a terrible night when Lille moved their Champions League game to Stade de France, which have just driven past, and Lille won 1-0, and there was mutiny in the air that night, I'm telling you. People have forgotten about it now, but I can remember the mood and there were a lot of people questioning whether Sir Alex Ferguson was the right man to take United forward because it came not long after the Glazer takeover. United had a really bad 2005. They'd been hammered 4-1 at Middlesbrough a few days before when Roy Keane was very critical. And I'm with a, a PSG fan. What's your first name? Clement. Clement, um, you've just been asking me about Manchester United and one of the first things you said to me was how disappointed you were in the atmosphere at Old Trafford because you felt English stadiums were very, very good and all you could hear was PSG fans. And unfortunately, you're right, because the PSG fans, they did some things I didn't like behind the disabled United fans, but they were fantastically loud. They really got behind the team and they made a din and I was envious watching them, just as I was watching Verratti in in midfield because he's an exceptionally good a uh, footballer. What was your take on the first game and were you surprised at this atmosphere? Yeah, really, because during 80 minutes we, all, we only heard the PSG fan and it's like it was like a, an away game for Manchester. We, I remember during 10 minutes we can hear Ole, 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 Ole from the PSG fan in Old Trafford and that, that, was, that surprised me a lot. I think that the grass is always greener, we say in English, because I have a lot of respect for the noise that the French fans make. Uh, St Etienne were among the very best supporters to visit Old Trafford in recent years. And in the, the away leg in, in St Etienne, it was amazing. It was brilliant. And after that game, I spoke to Sergio Romero, the United goalkeeper, and he said, I knew it was like this because I came here when I played in France. I knew it was this good. And... I've been fortunate to watch Marseille against PSG. It's amazing. It's just brilliant. However, I watched that game with a former United player and he said it's better in England because here it's, it's too orchestrated. The fans have too much power. They, it's not spontaneous. It's going to a drum. Whereas if your team is attacking in, um, in England, you feel this roar, this natural roar. What do you think is going to happen at Parc des Princes tonight? I'm sorry to tell that, but I think Paris will win. And the atmosphere will be totally different than in Old Trafford. Because in Paris, the cup will be there. 
and you will heard how is it to support a team. Yeah? Yeah. All right, don't get too carried away. How many <laughs> European Cups have PSG won? None. None? All right, Manchester United have won three. And um, you must be very happy with the, the way your team is playing. Playing, yeah, really, really. The, the middle fielder is really, really good. With, we, have to, we have to, how can I say, we have to congratulate Tuchel for, for his job. Yeah. Because place Marquinhos as a middle fielder was a really, really great idea. And it's 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 because of the because of that that the the team is playing so well. Marquinhos and Verratti at Old Trafford were were, were very very well. They were the two best players on the pitch. Although you're, what's that there? Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Paris has got a Statue of Liberty. And two, there's two Statue of Liberty. So, so one in New York. One in New York. One here. And one in Jardin du Luxembourg in Paris. And the one in New York was a gift from the French government. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's right. I never knew that. What, and it... La Boulet, the the artist who made the Statue of Liberty, made three. Yeah. And only one was given to the USA, and two the, in Paris here. The big one was in America. Yeah. And describe the area where we're in now. Uh, we're just in front of the Eiffel Tower. What's the Eiffel Tower? Never seen this before. Is this, <laughs> is this famous or something? Yeah, it's you know it's a small tower. Yeah, uh, I think it was for the 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 TV, but uh, they 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 keep it. You know, it's it's beautiful for the for for the people. So they love it. Yeah, we have one like this in the north of England, Blackpool Tower. Have you ever heard of Blackpool no, Tower? No. Google it. Seriously, I'm not yeah. joking. It's not as big as this, but it it's a really big. <laughs> Impressive it's tower. tower. <laughs> and this area, what's this called? Is this where are we? We're by the, uh, the I ring don't, road. I don't really know. It's a living area. Yeah. It's not a business area. And the area of Port de Prince is in one of the wealthier arrondissements of Paris. Yeah. 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 Really. Yeah. Because we had an interview with the PSG fan Guillaume in United We Stand, and he was saying it's in a really, really rich area yeah, really. Of, of where the houses cost seven, seven figures. But. It's strange because the it's not the people in the stadium. No, it's the fans are almost all outside Paris. It's the region, you know. And so Ile de France. Ile de France. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the area of the stadium is a really rich area, but the people are not coming from this area. I saw the guys in Old Trafford, and they seemed very working class, very. Parisian. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed. There seemed to be a good community Easy. because, and I wrote this and I had a lot of feedback from PSG fans. Uh, you have this image of false construct, Qatari money. It's easy. There's something not nice about it, even however well the team plays and however entertaining they are and however dominant they are. But actually, I came to Parc de Prince for the first time in '95 and the atmosphere has always been great. Yeah. It's been really, really great. Really great. And it became a bit problematic, didn't it, with the the two ultra groups, and there was a death, and yeah. uh, but there seems to be a, a good balance now. Yeah, but we still miss this this time when we had two cups. Yeah. Because now there is only one, and when the cups is singing, you can you 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 are waiting for the answer from the other cup. And so, so there was the Boulon boys and the Otuel. Auteuil, yeah. And now? Uh, now it's just only, uh, it's only Auteuil. Ah, all right, I didn't know that. So Boulogne is, how can I say, 
gone. Yeah, and full of, I would say, rich people, but not uh, really passionate people. Yeah. I came to a game here in October when you played uh, Leon. Yeah. Leon, I really like the Leon. I think they're a brilliant team, and they started the game really well. Both teams went to ten men, and then Mbappe scored four goals, four goals. in thirteen minutes. minutes yeah. And I just thought, wow! <laughs> and his pace. Unfortunately, I'd see it again at, at Old Trafford. Do you think he can win the European Cup this year? Yeah, I think. I think he's, it's maybe it's this year's or never, because I don't think Neymar will stay. One year, one, one more years old. He seems to be more of a team player this year, though. Yeah, because of Tuchel. All right. I, I think he he inspired this these feelings and this atmosphere on, on the team in the team. And Mbappe is he like the the main man? The main man. The main man. The star. Yeah. 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 And Di Maria, who played in Manchester, he's doing well. Yeah, really well, but. Yeah. I'm surprised about it because he was about to leave uh, during summer. Yeah. And to help, uh, tell tell he tell to him he want to keep him. And since that he is brilliant, really, really brilliant on the field. To hell, you keep mentioning him. I was very impressed how he spoke to the media in English after the game at Old Trafford. He seemed just to switch languages like this. And Di Maria. No, no, to to uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, to hell. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Di Maria say a word in English. <laughs> A, don't worry, don't say hello. a word in French as well. No. <laughs> uh, right, we're right under the Eiffel Tower now. The, yeah. Wow, look at that. If I was a good journalist, I'd be descriptive <laughs> and say, what colour is it? Brown. Brown, yeah. Brown, brown and gold. Brown and gold. Look at that. Always full of tourists. And the tower behind is Montparnasse. Yeah. Do you need to know anything else about Paris? I can give you any, uh, if you need it. I'm joking. <laughs> I just knew it was the Montparnasse Tower because I went up with it um, years ago. So, you're talking about this year winning it. You still have to beat Manchester United. You still have to, well, you don't have to, but you still have to go through. This might not happen tonight. You're confident. I'm confident, really. Yeah. And you don't have your best team on the pitch, so... It will be really, really, really complicated for you. Yeah. I know you're right, and my head says you're right, but I've just come from Madrid, where I've seen this young Ajax team, and I'm, I think football can sometimes do this, and there's That's maybe right. a one in a hundred <laughs> chance of it happening. <laughs> but honestly, I think it'd be the best two days of my life. I know my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> and obviously the birth of the children was, but... I'm excited. I'm excited that I'm going to see Manchester United in a Champions League game in Paris, which is a beautiful city, although the weather's not very good. And when you came to Manchester, it was sunny all day. And here it's just a very northern hey, English day. Hey, you made me afraid because you just remember me, uh, one dark memories from the past in Barcelona. Yes. So... And you, you fell apart. Yeah. You did. So now I'm I nervous. Feel, I feel no, yeah, not nervous, but not so much confident. But still, I really hope your players are feeling like this. <laughs> and I've been putting this on social media. Not that there's a chance any of them are going to listen to it. But uh, right, I would say best of luck.
but I, I know you've got a very good team and I know that team's been building since 2011 because I, I went to Montpellier to see them win the league in 2012 yeah. and I knew then that no team beyond Paris was going to be winning it in the years after uh, because Lille had a very good team but they sold Eden Hazard and Montpellier were never going to win it again and we're here. Prediction please, finally, for tonight's score prediction. Mm, maybe 3-1 for Paris. So we've left the Parisian taxi driver and I, I quite enjoyed meeting him. He was, a, he was a good lad. And don't take the piss out of me English when I speak to him because people say, why do you change your accent when you speak to foreign people? Well, trust me, if you don't slow down and speak more clearly, you can often go misunderstood. Uh, so I will fight my own corner now. I'm now in a, a cafe bar in the 7th, I think, arrondissement with United fans who go home and away um, of all ages at the upper age of the age scale with some of them um, one gentleman just said he watched his first United game in 1948 yeah well that was after the war because the war finished in 45 didn't it three years after no we're still talking this is live I want to find out what the mood is like among diehard Manchester United fans so I'm going to come to you individually, but rather than just ask you for the, a score prediction, because most people will be listening to this after the game, maybe prediction and a best and worst European moment, but when you go for the best one, you're not allowed to say, camp now. Think quickly, boys. I'm not having any errs, uh, 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 in. Ollie, prediction for tonight. one all. Right, best and worst moments in Europe with United. Turin, 99. What, the best game ever? Uh, yeah. No, it's, in the, it's, in, it's in the Guinness Book of Records as the best game ever. Well, that's factually it's right. It's a fact, yeah. Yeah, it's a fact. And then a low point? Uh, low point, probably losing in Midgetland. Yeah. Where it felt like it was symbolic of everything that was going on at the time. Having paid 76 quid for a ticket. Yeah, and freezing really cold. Yeah. Um, Duncan, you were in Midgetland, weren't you? I loved Midgetland, yeah. <laughs> Being cheeky there, aren't I? Best and worst moments? European? Yeah. Best moment, aside from New Camp, uh, I actually loved Inter. Yeah? Uh, I remember, I mean, I'm, actually, this is a bit of a weird one, but when they scored, it, it was like the stadium was taking off like a space rocket. Yeah. Honestly, I, I just thought it was amazing. Uh, obviously, you know, we won the game and we went through and I was there in Turin as well. Uh, you talk about Inter fantastic. and you said Space Rocket. Yeah. I put on Twitter last night, the Bernabeu, in my opinion, is the best stadium in the world. Yeah. And I asked people, what do you think the best stadium in the world is? And maybe you can all offer your opinions as well. And my view on the Bernabeu is from the inside, it's the best stadium in the world. From the outside, I think it's San Siro. Mm-hmm. And because it is that spaceship, and then Ibrox's main stand. I'm no fan of Rangers. Okay, but let's look at that two different ways. Because one of one of them is sort of architectural. Yeah. You're talking about inside and outside. Yeah. But there's no way that Bernabeu would have that reaction that you had, that we had in that game yeah. when they scored. Yeah. That was amazing. I mean, I was laughing. What it made me think of was I remember uh, when my dad was accelerating in the car, and you were laughing as a little kid, just the exhilaration of it. And that was when they scored. You know, I just couldn't... It was just amazing. Just saw that. And, you know, we knew we... You know, we wanted to win and everything. But uh, it just made me laugh. It was just such a, a, you know, mad experience. And so there is no way that would have happened inside the Bernabeu. There is no chance of that. 
that was a different experience. But yeah, so that's why it sort of stood out for me. Um, well, there was a number of things actually, but I won't go on to them on this. But. Prediction for tonight? Tonight, um, not prediction. What do we want? I mean, Mickey Phelan to come on and not want to be there at the end. Might get a game. Probably should do. Need a bit of experience. Uh, I didn't ask you stadium. Best stadium in the world. Oh, that's really hard. Um, no, just, just give me an answer. <laughs> Uh, Old Trafford that's Old Trafford's a cheating one Uh, I got trolled by Andreas Pereira last night because I said the burnabout when he just came up saying Old Trafford and then I'm on a hiding to nothing there because I'm getting slaughtered because I've not said Old Trafford if they did the roof at Old Trafford and went above the main stand then it gets my vote but for now it is the burnabout prediction for tonight tonight, 2-1 potentially about 2 United glorious failure winning 2-0 and a score in the last minute but we've changed manager these things don't happen anymore well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an optimist at heart but, um, best and worst moments best and worst moments in Europe best moments ever in Europe was playing football on the beach in La Coruña in 2001 when we actually lost to them do you remember that yeah. worst moment for me I wasn't at it was I think about 1978 when we had been hammered by Porto away, and I was drinking Porto a minute ago, and we bet them 5-2 at home. But to go out and be watching that on, I think it was called Sports Night at the time. Do you remember that? You would see it. You wouldn't see it live, but that was, as a kid, that was, I was inconsolable. Best stadium? Main road. No, I'm only messing. Old traffic, right? You mentioned La Coruña. We went there twice. twice the second yeah. time was amazing performance. Gigs yeah. was brilliant. But Rio saw by the beach. Unbelievable. It's a great city. Great food. Really cheap. After the first time, we went in a bar um, after the game. And, and Diego Tristan, who played centre forward, just came in with his mates. I really miss La Coruña. Vigo was good, mind. Just down Absolutely. the coast. Oh, but, yeah. San Sebastian. San Sebastian. Oh, and San Sebastian, one of the best places in the world. We're not getting into an argument on air over whether Vigo or La Coruña is a better city because it will steer up uh, a Galician separatist plot. JD, where are you from originally? Because people are going to ask about your accent. Aren't you? um, from America originally, yeah. yeah. I know that. Whereabouts America? Um, I grew up around Philadelphia. War on drugs are from Philadelphia. Sounding like Partridge here, aren't they? Yeah. Best and worst moments in Europe? Um, so we're in Paris, and so one of my favourite moments, uh, actually watching United in Paris, was when Tevez scored the equaliser against Lyon. I think it was 2007 or 2008. It was, eight. 2008. Yeah, it was about eight minutes from the end of the game. Yeah, I and uh, I was the only Man United fan in the bar, and I was stood up on my stool... And I needed to run from the bar after the end of the match because uh, there were people who were unhappy about that because every Parisian was in favour of the French team that was... Uh... The French team which won seven consecutive titles. Yeah. How good must we have been to go away there it was, it and was, get results like that? Tevez was, was, was a great player. Tevez was a fantastic player. I mean, he, he gave it his all and then he fucked off to City and, you know, and we know the end of that, but... He really does have his side of the story on that, and Sir Alex Ferguson doesn't come out of it well. It's not the side that United fans want to hear. There are more, often more version, more than oh, yeah. one version of the truth in football. Mm. Worst moment? Um, the one I'll tell you, the one that sticks out in my head. I remember we got crushed by Gattuso. It was like three 0 in the rain. Semi-final versus 07. AC Milan. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely murdered. And yeah. we'd lost that before the game started. Yeah. Remember yeah, Gattuso was... running out in the rain yeah, yeah. and rattling his chest. Yeah, yeah. Vidic had just come back from injury. Yeah, it is it, is, it was you just watched that and you just knew it was it was awful. Vidic now lives behind that stand. That's like, really yeah, he lives like a mile away from, from that ground. He lists his current job as a taxi driver for his three boys. Top <laughs> <laughs> that in it. We should get him on here. That's fantastic. I know you don't want to go on this podcast, but I'm gonna ask you your first ever United game. 1908. Uh, final. Bristol City, fantastic. Billy Meredith, wonderful. Wonderful. JD? Prediction for tonight? 1-1. And stadium? It has to be Old Trafford. Architecturally? Architecturally, I don't really give a shit. I just know. That's the bottom. See, that's the strong argument, isn't it? If it's home and... I do think... I, I just, I just remember. I remember my first match ever at Old Trafford. It was a derby, and when you watch sixty-five thousand people stand up, and uh, it was, uh, and Scorsese scored with the header. It was two thousand three, and I mean that is that's the it's the beginning and the end of it for me. I, I've never been as awed as seeing the picture Old Trafford for the first time as a kid. I couldn't believe that something was so green in the middle of Trafford Park. Just I'll tell you, my, no my, my, favorite, my favorite memory of it actually is I'm, I'm actually standing in front of Jeremy. We're in the North Stand, and Giggs is dancing down the touchline. And I just remember thinking to myself, he's only, he can't be more than 10 meters away from me. And, and just watching that, and, and it was like I was six years old, and I was there with my son Alex. That was his first game. And it was against, yeah, it was off. Everton. It was Everton, and that was the game that convinced us to buy fucking Fellaini. Because it was, we, we, were, we were up 4-2, and they came back, and they equalized, and that was the game that we probably lost the, the, the title that season. I'm sorry for that. Don't blame you, Jeremy. It's, it's honestly... How long, have you lived in, how long have you lived in Paris? Um, total about seven years. Seven what was years. the reaction after the first leg? Um, do you speak French? I, yeah, I do speak French. Um, and my reaction after the first leg, I mean, I, I follow the French team, and I think Mbappe is... He's fantastic. I mean, I was actually made up for him because, they, you know, the French, the, the, the Paris Saint-Germain fans were, they were, uh, they were concerned about the fact that Cavani and Neymar were, were missing in that match and, and they thought they were going to lose, but Mbappé was, uh, they've just handed Andy the bill. It's, uh, oh, they've stung him really well, actually. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I was made up for Mbappé because he was, I mean, he was amazing that game. Fucking Paris Saint-Germain, they were excellent. Charles de Gaulle, hero or egotistical Apple. villain? Uh, or Apple? A little bit of both. Oh, actually, all three. He's an airport too. A little bit of both. I mean, you know, he's, he inspired the French during the war at the same time. He was, it was in England. It was easy to do. I'm fascinated by de Gaulle, but I'm not going to talk about de Gaulle because this podcast's just going to descend into nonsense if, if we do. Jeremy? The prediction for tonight? I think it'll be 1-1 tonight, unfortunately. I think we'll go one up, but I think they'll hit us on the break when we're pushing for the second. Someone just said then, and it's a good point, would Charles de Gaulle rather be shagged by a horse and nobody knew? Oh. Or not been shagged by a horse, but everybody thought he had done Duncan? Uh, I think he'd rather be shagged by a horse. I think he's been shagged by a horse. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was a horseman, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. As long as, yeah. as, long as nobody knew about it. It's the French education system to be shagged by a horse. Geval de Gaulle. General de Gaulle from Lille. Best moment in Europe, worst moment. 
taking away games results, I'm going to go for Dynamo Kiev away in 2007 as a trip. I thought that was a fantastic trip. Yeah. Had a three had a three nighter in Kiev and it was superb. Worst moment. Midget Wasn't it superb when 400 of their mob walked up to the away end down the main street? <laughs> and you were me. In that bar. I wasn't in the bar. No, you weren't. But I know people who were. Jeff was. It was, it was a good place. First it, was a, it was a great place. I, I, wasn't, with, I wasn't with you then, Andy. But, uh, <laughs> worst, worst one, Midget Land was, was pretty bad for obvious reasons, but also Lil Away in 2005 for me was... A really bad one we because we were so bad. It was a horrible day. It was pissing, raining all, all day, and then we had a terrible performance. Got beaten. That one was day. in Paris. That was our only yeah. other performance in, in Paris, wasn't it? Yeah. There was. I, I started this podcast by saying there was mutiny in the air that night against Ferguson. Mm. There really was. It's all being forgotten about now, but yeah. I can remember the calls I was getting the next morning. Should Ferguson stay? And there, there were. That was a strong line to take, but plenty of United fans were were were, were, were saying that. Nearly go stadium. Without a doubt, the San Siro, my favourite ground. Does it not need renovating? Yeah, the facilities are crap, but the architecture and the the way it holds the the atmosphere. That three nil result in two thousand and seven. The atmosphere that night, I was in awe. I mean, we got beaten three nil, but it was unbelievable atmosphere that that night. The way that the way the the architecture holds the uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it and Milan fans love it as well and they, they never want it to, to change I went there in November the night before we played um, Juventus and I just ended up writing about the stadium and not the game and I had a massive feedback so obviously people feel very similarly about, about San Siro prediction for tonight uh, these guys will vouch for how much of a miserable bass that I am but um, I think we're going to lose 2-0 again sadly I just think with the team we put out if we had Better strength team, I think we might have a chance of getting a draw or sneaking a win, but sadly, yeah. Without yeah. for that. Yeah, okay. without for that. <laughs> um, on that happy note, um, <laughs> your, your, your worst, three worst European memories, then, if you want. <laughs> uh, Wolfsburg away, coming away from that ground, was felt absolutely gutted. Kind of summed up, I was going to say it summed up everything wrong with the Van Gaal era, but then there were five goals, so that doesn't really, isn't really... When Nick Powell came on. When Nick Powell came, yeah. You know, he's a good player in, but... I had a different hat on that night as I was in United fan, but I was also a journalist waiting in the mix on and he walked past and he looked at me and some of my contemporaries as if we were a piece of shit on the bottom of a shoe and I just thought you absolute prick yeah. you didn't have to speak mm-hmm. no one tends to speak when your team have been beaten mm-hmm. who the fuck are you? It's not like he's achieved much in the game No, I, but I'm told he's a bit the word used given to me about him because he's a space cadet he wouldn't have even realised yeah, right, he was yeah, doing yeah. it so I then thought do I write this yeah. do I write it or do you give him the benefit of a doubt because he's a young lad mm-hmm. and I did do and maybe I got it wrong but other people wrote it but when I saw that I just thought you're not a United player you just if you're not going to talk or there is a ways to do it but don't look down on people who've only been sent over to, 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 do, to do the jobs best moment uh, Everest goal against Bayern Munich. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, um, it hit the back of the net. Everyone was going absolutely balmy in that away end. Um, he was standing behind me, Richie. Um, turned around to him. When the melee had subsided, he said to me, oh, what a moment that was. I went, yeah, turn around, Manzukic. <laughs> <laughs> Equalised for Bayern Munich. 38 so. seconds. I think it was, I thought it was 22 for some reason. Spoke to Moyes said, about that. Yeah. Moyes just said, I just wanted the season to end yeah. at that point. Not just brilliant. Looked to put the top tier, as did Evra. Yeah. And it was a brilliant, yeah. wasn't it?
Well, I said if he wrote a memoir about his time at United, it should be called 22 Seconds in Munich. Um, but um, he's not written one yet. He, um, Rio Ferdinand wrote that uh, United trained on a public park pitch in Munich, but Moyes, had, I asked him and he disputes that. He said that's, oh, really? that's, that's not correct at all. Uh, I didn't go to that. It was the last European I missed that because I booked my, booked my flights, but my wife decided to give birth. So that was the 11th of April 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't speak to her for three years after that. Yeah, then Lufthansa didn't give me my refund back either. Bang out of order. Don't fly with Lufthansa because of that. Predictions for tonight? One all. One all? Yeah. That's it. One all. What was your first United game? United versus Tottenham in 62. In White Hart Lane, yeah. On the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And your greatest moment, you've followed United for a long, long time, in Europe. Best was Wembley, 68, against Benfica as a 17-year-old. Where were you Standing behind the goal where Alex Stetney made the save. That was fantastic against Eusebio. And that was it. That was the best atmosphere. You know, there were nearly 100,000 people there. And it's just phenomenal. And watching them, you've, you've, sometimes you forget what you saw there as a 17 year old and what you've since seen on the newsreels and the photographs. But just, I do remember the atmosphere and obviously being soon after. Disaster and seeing Matt Busby, amazing, very emotional. Nothing for me will ever beat that. Worst moment? Been a few. I, I can go back to last season, home to Seville. You know, didn't turn up, did we? Horrendous. Didn't turn up. Horrendous. Leave the fans. Absolutely. First half. Disappointing. Dreadful. Didn't have a shot on goal. Nothing at all. You know. For like the first 150 minutes of the tie. Yeah. And the game yeah. in Seville. I've never seen a scoreboard. It was it was showing chances on goal, and it was like Seville seventeen, Manchester United two, yeah. eighteen, nineteen, yeah. twenty. This is just becoming a piss take. Mm-hmm. Lukaku, I've never seen him so isolated. Yeah, as that night, he might as well have been stood in Granada. He was just miles away uh, from uh, the absolutely. action. Absolutely, but then I still felt okay. We'll finish it off at Old Trafford. Yeah. Didn't and turn off. You know, just horrendous. He's a man United now. Yeah. It didn't know it. Right. <laughs> Prediction for the game? I think Sorry. it'll go one or Right, and stadium, finally. I, I think San Siro. Okay. Very imposing. Go, going, walking towards it and then being in it. Yeah. So just bringing it to, to the last minute, and I've just been told that the gentleman who works in the restaurant, you're a Manchester United fan. Where are you from? Je suis du Mali. Malia. You speak um, polyvalent? Uh, I can try sometimes. You I'll try. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, which football you support? Manchester United. Oh yes. Why? Oh yes. Uh, it is very long uh, time uh, story. You know. <laughs> ça, ça commence depuis um, uh, yeah. la Ligue des Champions en 98 ou 99, je ne me rappelle plus. Um, yeah. Où Manchester uh, gagne. Yeah. Uh, dans les arrêts de jeu, yeah. avec le duo des attaquants Dwight York et Andy Cole. Andy Cole Yeah, yeah Dwight York and Andy Cole. C'est yeah. un match qui m'est resté yeah. gravé en mémoire. It's engraved in his head. It's engraved in his head. The, 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 the game where United have won uh, during the Champions League with, with Dwight York and Andy Cole. I mean, Cole, Cole, he listens to this podcast, so... 
Il va lui dire qu'il va... Il y a Andy Cole, en fait, il écoute euh, ah bon? ce podcast. Ouais. Ah, J'étais fou d'Andy Cole. Il était absolument fou, absolument fou d'Andy Cole. C'était la folie ce jour-là. Il a absolument aimé le match. J'arrive pas à oublier. Il ne va jamais oublier. C'est ça, je vais aller vers le stadium. For Arsenal v United, Red Army Bet are offering new customers a risk-free bet of £20. Bet £20 on win, lose or draw, and if your bet comes in, happy days. And if it doesn't, you'll get your money back. Visit redarmybet.com for details. Just one minute here, I've just bumped into a couple of lads. Names and where are you from? It's Kai from North Wales, Carnarvon. Uh, it's Will from Trafford. You've not got tickets? No, we're not... Um... Thought that it might go down to uh, our credits, but uh, unfortunately, How many not, got? Uh, seven. But um, uh, no, it's t- looking like a ticketless watching the pub tonight, unfortunately. But uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be a really good night for everyone who, who gets in the ground. Oh, you're too diplomatic here. I'm yeah. going for you. I'm on a bit less credits, but I had a look at the home end, and safe to say we won't be going in there. A bit too expensive, but <laughs> they, they sort of tout the tickets, yeah, don't they? I feel, I feel like they're allowed to do that. Like we can't even sell them off for face value. So. <laughs> and Tell me about... Oh, my taxi's coming up here now. Here it is. Predictions. Hopefully we get the win, but Kansas qualifying, unfortunately. Go on. I, 2-1 United. I think we'll score early and there might be a, a little bit of hope, but then uh, I think their quality will come through in the end. But just hope we have a go and you never know what happens. I wish you luck getting tickets. Yeah, nice one, mate. It's half-time in Parc de France and I'm absolutely stunned at the scoreline. It's PSG 1, Manchester United 2. Stunning start to the game. Lukaku after a minute put the team ahead and then PSG just worked through the gears, completely dominated. At one point I looked on my screen because I'm in the press area tonight working and United had 13% possession. And PSG equalised as was expected and then Bank United have scored again. So we only need one more goal and we're going through. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't, but I've come here sort of carefree and talking about having a free here, and now I'm really nervous. Pierce are clearly better than an injury hit United side, but they bottled it in Barcelona a couple of years ago, and I was there. And I don't know. The psychology might just lead them to bottle it again, or they could score four. As I said earlier on in the podcast, I saw him. Well, I saw Mbappe score four alone in 13 minutes in October. The away end is pretty lively. You're always going to struggle to make yourself heard in Parc de France because it's such a vocal stadium. And the United fans, 2,400 of them, are behind nets with, in the corner over, over two tiers. But I don't think anybody expected this. And I've been enjoying it. I feel, I'm predicting at half-time. I'm not, I'm not going to predict United not to go, not to go through because I don't like myself for doing that. But I, I just can't see it. But imagine if they did. Someone just said, Patrice Evra said he'll run down the Champs Elysees naked if United win and go through. Let's see. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. They fucking won. They won 3-1. I fucking unbelievable. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. M-U-F-C. So the United end is singing, the players have all gone over, they've thrown the shirts into the crowd, they're absolutely buzzing, this is just buzzing, it's brilliant. 
and the PSG players are stunned. They're stunned. They're absolutely stunned. They're on the floor. They've never seen anything like it. <laughs> oh, 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 this is fucking life is wonderful. Look at him, the little Norwegian. He's buzzing. He's got his hands, his head in his hands. He can't believe what's happening. I never saw this coming. Never, never, never. United are back. United are back. We've got signed shares, Paul Parker and Fred. Getting some right death stairs here because I'm surrounded by fans. I'm going to go on the pitch. I've got a pass to go pitch side. Good morning from Paris. I've hardly slept, just pure adrenaline, it's not alcohol. I've my, not even seen my brother and some of my best friends who've, who've come to Paris. This is the fourth day on the road and I'm just running on adrenaline now. And I've got to get a train across to Nantes today. I'm going to meet Fabio da Silva, going to interview him and spend the day in Nantes and then... At midnight, 11pm, I've got a flight, so I ain't asking for any sympathy at all because I've had three of the most incredible days of my life and I've been paid for it. <laughs> I went to Madrid and the IX game was brilliant and that gave me a huge buzz and then I arrived in Paris and uh, didn't expect, did not expect Manchester United to go through. And if my French friend at the start of the podcast is listening... Um, I know you're very, very confident about going through, but unfortunately it didn't happen because the mighty PSG met the even more mighty Manchester United and you probably feel very angry, but that is football and United had a, a heart and an attitude which triumphed over the superior technical skills of PSG and to my close friend Guillaume, a Parisian, who was very magnanimous after the first game. He's followed PSG all of his life and he was very gentle after the first game and he texted me last night saying congratulations and all his family were at the match and they're absolutely floored by, <laughs> by United. My, my head is just... It's spinning, it's not alcohol, it's not drugs, it's this high that football can give you very, very occasionally when it's your team. I came into Paris on a high after seeing that amazing young Ajax team and it's just not stopped. I, I, I saw, um, I had to move around Paris for various reasons yesterday to see different people. I met Patrice Evra and he went to meet Alex Ferguson who looks wonderful and saw various people from the club when he arrived at the stadium early and then bumped into Gary Neville and we did TV together. I was doing Norwegian TV with Jana Gofiotoft and it was just a buzz and just stood there in, in the rain watching this United end fill up but I think my highlight was uh, after the, the penalty which was obviously incredible and after being stunned that United went ahead and then got outplayed and then went ahead again after PSG equalised uh, I had a, a, a pitch side access which allowed me to walk in front of the away end and just stand there and sample and I know so many of my friends were in there 
among the two and a half thousand travelling reds. And unfortunately, I know loads of people who didn't get in. There was loads of travel to Paris without tickets. And it's very unfair because some of them are diehard Manchester United fans, but I stood in front of this away end and they were just belting out all these at the wheel. And it was just one, it was just a life-affirming moment. And it's weird because it's your team, but I've not played a part in it. I've, I wasn't on the pitch. It's all reflected glory. And that feels sort of weird. And then afterwards, I, I went into the mix zone and I spoke to Fred. He, he always stops to speak to me because um, I, I, I think I spoke to him very early on in his career in, in America and I, and I can speak in the same language as him, which is a mixture of Spanish and Portuguese. And he always smiles when he sees me, he comes straight over and he's had a really tough time and he admitted that. And... He just said that Ollie Gunner has had the faith in him and been really good with him, helping him lift his confidence off, off the floor, but he was buzzing. He was absolutely buzzing. And so were the other players. And I saw Lindelof, showed him the front cover of the next United We Stand, which Bandit's done a great job on this one. And uh, I said, you like it? He said, oh, I, I love it. And now I've got this weird song spinning round my head. On, on Monday night in Madrid, I saw a Scottish band called Deacon Blue. And uh, I went to see them because um, they were one of my dad's uh, favourite fans. Uh, I, was in, I was in Turin. Um, I was in Italy when, when my dad passed, passed away. And I saw that Deacon Blue were, were playing. And uh, I had to go to cover the Ajax game in, in Madrid. And I didn't tell anyone I was going. I just went there and... Uh, drank dark rum and coke like my dad did and, and watched this band and he'd taken me to see in Manchester and I remembered it clearly because afterwards he, he gave all the money in his pockets to the uh, strike <coughs> the, the striking ambulance workers uh, and then he didn't have enough money to get out of the car park and the the um, the band were just just singing like dignity and songs you might have heard of, and um, of uh, an American singer called Woody Guthrie, who I'd never heard of. And the internet's great in it; you can just Google this fella and find out what an interesting man Woody Guthrie was. And he did a cover of a song called "I Ain't Got No Home," and he was just singing "I Ain't Got No Home" over and over again. And I woke up yesterday morning singing Victor Lindelof. Victor Lindelof, whoa, Victor Lindelof. Thinking, we've got to get this going. And then I'm thinking, you're 45, why are you singing songs about a lad in his young 20s who you don't know? And then I came face to face with Victor after the game last night. No, I didn't. No, I didn't say I'd made a song up for him. Uh, and the United fans who were singing uh, changed the words for the better from... All is at the wheel, you scouse bastards, which was sung last week at Sellers. And Sellers was brilliant. Every away game's absolutely brilliant. And to M-U-F-C, all is at the wheel. And that was just reverberating around Parc de France, which is one of the most atmospheric stadiums in world football. Don't be mistaken and think that PSV is this artificial construct because they only were formed in 1970 and because they're backed by Qatari wealth. 
they've got one of the best and most vocal fan bases in the world. They completely outclassed United at Old Trafford on and off the pitch, and they were really loud in part. They're not in Europe anymore. They'd have knocked them out. With an injury-hit team and players like uh, Fred doing really well, and no wonder he was buzzing, and young lads, uh, Andreas Pereira had spoken to him on... On Sunday, to ask him how he was, he just said, I'm feeling really confident. I know the manager's behind me. I can't wait to uh, go to Paris. I'll see you in Paris. And he didn't because he, he dodged speaking to the journalist uh, afterwards. But uh, Cantona was there. Uh, Fergie was the main man. Uh, I spoke to Mick Phelan on the pitch before the game and it was almost like uh, they were preparing for the game at Arsenal on Sunday. And I said, come on, Mick, Mick, get him to win. Come on, come on. And I'm not, not bothered about Sunday. Come on. And he just sort of laughed at my irrationality because I thought United worked really hard to get in the Champions League last year. And it was a credit to Jose Mourinho that the team did finish second. I know the season tailed right off last season, but you don't work hard just to, just to give up. But Ole Gunnar never gave up and his players never gave up. But when the players started warming up in front, of me when I was doing an interview by the pitch, I thought, there's no chance we're winning this. There's just, there's just no chance. But then I'm thinking, well, Ajax thought they had no chance and, and they won. They, they battered Real Madrid away. And I wouldn't say that United battered PSG away, but they, they, they were worthy of, of the win. But even in, I never at any point in the game thought United were going through and until that penalty. And I, I, I wrote a tweet in my own mind with 10 minutes to go, which said, give Ollie and his staff, because he makes a big point of this, give him the job permanently now. They've, they've passed their audition. 17 games, 14 wins, two draws and a defeat. Which isn't even a defeat now, because we won the tie. And, and thank his wife as well, because his wife's at home in Norway. They've got three children. That's a side people don't always see. And she's raising all well, the children up. 8 to 18 but uh, and, and, and I was going to tweet that regardless um, because he passed his audition and then with this weird whoa what's happening here what's happening what, what, and the referee walked over and the two benches went crazy crazy the passion was amazing to see the two benches and how much this decision meant to them and I, even then I thought, if we get a penalty here, this is a free hit. I just don't expect it. And the referee walked away, pointed to the penalty spot. Rashford stood up. It seemed to take an age. And I'm thinking, he's a kid, he's a kid, he's a kid. At least Pogba's not on to take it. And that's what I was thinking, rightly or wrongly. And then he put it in. They ran to the away end. A couple of the players jumped over the advertising audience. They were singing in front of the away fans. The connection between the fans and... The players, it was, it was so strong last night. It was pissing down in rain, which only added to it because it felt such a Mancunian night. And, um, and we won the game and the PSG players were just lying on the floor, disconsolate. And I didn't see what the manager said after the match because I was stood in front of the United end. Um, Thomas Tuchel was very eloquent after the, after the first leg. I'm sure he was very annoyed after the second leg and... I didn't. I did. I don't even know when the the next round is. I was just expecting, as always happens to me at this time of year, to be going to watch Barcelona in the name of work. 
and watching these huge European ties as teams like PSG and Manchester City come to camp now and get beat. And me sort of thinking, why aren't Manchester United at this stage anymore? But we are. We're in it. <laughs> this is just brilliant. <laughs> and I, I, even now, I don't think we're going to win it. But you know what? And I said this on a podcast a few months ago. I put money on United to win this competition. The odds were massive. I think it was 40 to 1. And I put the maximum allowed. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but I placed a bet with Red Army Bet. I think they let me put 15 quid on. didn't and it's just it's just such a buzz I get these feelings about football maybe once a year at best and I can remember just random occasions the best one was in Turin in 99 but La Coruña when United played so well and uh, this is just brilliant my phone's not stopped going I've got so much work to do today I've just got editors saying we write this we do this we write this and it feels great on one hand, but oh, I'm only human. I'm going to have to put some stuff tomorrow. So I'm going to go now. Well, I've got to do some radio stuff now for News Talk in Ireland. And then start writing, get a train uh, from Montparnasse over to Nantes to see Fabio da Silva. And I just hope my energy lasts. <laughs> the players flew back last night and... When they arrived back at Manchester Airport, the armed police um, put the guns down and applauded them. I love little incidental bits of stuff like that. But trust me, Ole has really given this club back, a spring back in their step. And we'll get the next podcast from Arsenal at the weekend. I'm not going to go. I was going to go, I'm not going to go. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to spend some time with, with my family and I owe it to them because they mean the world to me and uh, go to the game after at Wolves away <laughs> these brilliant FA Cup matches can't wait for it but we'll do the podcast I'll get the, some really good reaction from, from Paris because ideally I would have gone into a bar after the game last night and spoke to lots of people but it was, I got back to my hotel at 2 o'clock in the morning and I've barely slept. And I think you've heard enough from me. And I apologise if a lot of it is gibberish. But can't help how you feel, can you? Glory, glory, Man United. United we stand and Red Army bet. We all follow United.
Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.